Hello, thanks for tuning in to the West Side Podcast. This is where we're going to be posting some of the audio from our gatherings on Sundays, and we're hoping to develop some other content that we're excited to share with you in the future. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus, step by step. And we really hope that this podcast helps you do just that. We hope it helps you get closer to Jesus. We hope that you would be reconciled to God and not only that, be reconciled to the relationships around you and to the city that you live in, wherever that happens to be. Again, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. But um, um, as the pastor, I love preaching. We're in a sermon series about doubt and we're taking a pause on that sermon series tonight because today is a very special Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. Um, usually after Easter in the church liturgical calendar, we go through a time called Easter Tide, and it's like it's just some weeks after Easter. But then we reach Pentecost Sunday, and uh, everybody, this is Dan Stecker. Dan Stecker is is in charge of our worship team, so he's scheduling. Yes, you can clap for Dan. Yes, yes. Dan is one of the members of our of our staff. He leads our worship teams. He leads worship a lot of times. Um, but he also leads our young adults group, and so him, uh, Dan, and his wife and his wife Gretchen have uh, have been just just really pouring into our young adults all throughout this all throughout COVID, and just really seeing a lot of really awesome fruit from that. And Dan, you're one of my friends, man. You're one of my closest friends for sure. And I am so glad that we get to do ministry together. Me too. And um, it's an honor to have you preach tonight because Dan said, "Hey, I've got something brewing for Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> Can I preach on Pentecost Sunday?" And I said, Dan. You're the man. Yes, you can. Um, so anyways, give it up for Dan again. Thanks, buddy. Well, uh, thanks, Brooks. Um, I'm going to get right into this. I have a lot to unpack. And, uh, and so I'm going to move along. And the, the, the title for this today is Pentecost, When Good Information Became Great Impartation. When good information became great impartation. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my load is, and my burden is light. I'm gonna ask a question right now that I'm also gonna ask at the end when there's a little more context for it. But I wonder, and I've been wondering these last months or so, I've, uh, you're, I'm gonna tell you about it. I'm going through a personal revival, I'm telling you. And, um, and when I read that, I wonder how much rest I've missed because I've turned to my own vices rather than trusting him. And it breaks me up because I, when I talk about that, I, I can't believe I don't trust him, but I've had to, I've had to talk to him about that. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit here, but let's pray. Father, you and I have been talking about this moment for weeks now, and here we are. So I can, all I can do is simply say, let's, let's do this, and, and I just want you to do what you're going to do in this talk. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Brooks already kind of said it, today's Pentecost Sunday. I want to, I wanna, uh, let's just do a quick survey, okay? Raise your hand, please, if you would say that your favorite 
holiday is Thanksgiving. Who are the Thanksgiving people? That's probably mine. Okay, couple, couple. How about raise your hand if your favorite holiday, we'll call it the kind of the Christmas, New Year's, that whole week. Okay, a little bit more, right? Right, okay. <laughs> How about raise your hand if your favorite holiday is Easter? Okay, Easter people. Let's throw this one. I know Brooks would probably say this one. Who's, how many people would say their favorite holiday is 4th of July? Okay, a couple. How many would say your favorite holiday is Pentecost Sunday? <laughs> how many people even knew there was a Pentecost? No, I won't say that. Um, but today is Pentecost Sunday. I, and by the time I'm done here, I want to kind of push for the fact that we should be celebrating Pentecost Sunday almost every bit as, way, as much as we do Easter and Christmas. And look, I'm a conservative. I, like, I'm a conservative who turned to the, uh, the Pentecostal side. So I don't know why a conservative boy is up here talking about Pentecost, but God is lighting me up, and I'm excited today. Gretchen today even was like, wow, you just seem different this morning. I just Because I feel like I'm going to, to go a wedding. Like, I'm, I have so much. I'm already going off page, and I got to not do that today. Um, I won't go so much into it. I would suggest just, just for Pentecost um, and, and, and all that it's about, um, there's some really cool things to study in Leviticus 23. Um, and when you start looking at Jewish tradition and the Jewish meals that are talked about, the feasts, the feasts, feasts, feasts that they do, um, when they do, you know, technically it was a Shavuot and it was uh, 50 days Pentecost after um, the Sabbath and whatnot. So it's really interesting when you start to study that stuff and see the parallels of what we are commemorating today, Pentecost Sunday. There's so many parallels in the Jewish tradition. It's so cool that you ought to look that up and then ask yourself, is that even possible that man could have just kind of figured that out? I don't believe it. But, but just for sake of reference, um, I'm not going to read it all because I don't have time. But obviously, Pentecost... What we're celebrating today happened in Acts 2. Luke records it in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came in power on his disciples and, and those around that were waiting. And it was an incredible sight. But I want to deal with the context of that because I think for us, it's even more important. And that is this. In Acts 1, 4, 5, and 8, Luke records the fact that Jesus, after he raised from the dead... He appears to his guys, and he says, look, this is cool and all that I'm, you're seeing me, but he says, you guys don't leave Jerusalem. You need to wait. You need to wait till the Holy Spirit comes in power. Before you go and start doing ministry, before you start talking about all this, you need to wait. Now, what's really awesome about this is they would have kind of known what he was talking about because he had talked about this earlier in John 14, and that's why I have these up here. Write those down if you take notes or something, but read those things later. John 14 is where Jesus classically says to these guys, hey, it's better if I leave because the helper will come. But he goes even further than that because we always just say, okay, the whole helper, Holy Spirit, we get it. We need help, right? But it's more than that. It's more than that. Because later in John 14, right between 16 and 23, I can't remember which one it is. He says, I and the Father will come and make our abode in you. Literally come and make our home in you. And he doesn't differentiate. It's, it's all of God. Helper, I and the Father, Jesus talking. 
We'll come and make our abode in you. Incredible. Okay. We're going to get back to that. But here's the thing, okay? This is how I approach church and I have since I was a kid. And I want to ask you a couple questions that are honest questions, okay? And there's three of them. Is what we do here and what we say here, is it real? Is it real? Because if it isn't, what are we doing? What are we singing songs for and listening to some bald guy up front talking? What are we doing if it's not real? Two, if what we do and we say here doesn't have an effect, doesn't move me, doesn't give me something to have an effectual purpose in a real way, then what are we doing? Does it apically work in my day-to-day life in an effectual way? If it doesn't, what are we doing? And here's the third one. Does it work for anybody? Is, uh, you know, what we do and say here, does it work for anybody in the world? Regardless of race, gender, affiliations with things, financial stuff? Is what we do and say here, will it work for the guy who's on his third week of vacation in his boat in Lake Tahoe? And will it work for the kid who's playing in the streets of Bombay in the slums? Because if it doesn't work for these people, what are we doing here? I'm gonna be a little passionate today. I think part of the problem with Christianity is it's really easy to allow it to sort of make its home in the conceptual, that it can be just a good ideal. And the problem with concept Christianity, what I'm calling it, is we have this ability to compartmentalize it. So it's this nice idea, and we sort of just kind of make it fit where we think it will fit. And we try to just kind of fit it in here, fit it in there, it doesn't really work there, it doesn't really work there. That's never what it was intended to be. It's never what Jesus talked about, ever. The other problem with it, when it's just a concept, is we can tend to treat Christianity just like any other workspace religion or cult. We just work really hard at feeling better about ourselves, feeling like we're good people, whatever it might be. And most of us, if we're honest, we start to burn out. It's such a, a, a crazy way to burn out. So anyway, going back to Pentecost, the whole point of Pentecost, the whole point is that we can't do it. It has to be Jesus. We can't do it. There's something liber- liberating about the fact that God's not expecting me to just head out there and try my best and see what I, what I can do. That's never been the plan. And that's what Pentecost is all about. Jesus knew we couldn't do it before Calvary. And he knew we couldn't even do it after we saw him risen from the grave. We still needed him to come and make his abode in us. And that's what today is all about. That's what Pentecost was all about. It has to be Jesus. Pentecost is Jesus' way of saying you couldn't do it. We need the Holy Spirit desperately. This is kind of a tough quote from from good old A.W. Tozer, but it's pretty, pretty worth reading. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. 
If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would have known the difference. The church has had good info, good information for a long time. But what we need is great impartation. There's a big difference. We are so desperate for the real, yet we settle for just the concept or the ideal. Ever wonder why so many people that claim to know him or believe in him live lives that are virtually unchanged? That always troubles me. We ever wonder why many people, maybe yourself, I've certainly been here, just seem to live or he just, he just seems so distant or he, you can't hear him? Have you, ever, have you ever felt that way? Or that you feel like you're doing all the work in the relationship? You ever felt like that with God? How about maybe you can even sometimes read your Bible or even pray and you feel like it's just dead? Have you ever felt like that? I'm telling you, it's time to start realizing sometimes our Christianity is just this, con- this concept. It's just this idea. Guys, we're so desperate for the real, so desperate to feel the real reality of life. We will sit for hours and watch reality TV just to see other people doing it. Right? It's a little silly. Jesus takes the concept and makes it the reality. And the way he does it is with his Holy Spirit. And you got to have both. Christianity is all about that. Here's the problem, okay? This is the ugly side of things, okay? Look, this is stuff I'm discovering in me, okay? So everything I'm telling you, this is stuff that I've been going through the washing machine with, okay? The problem is our flesh. Galatians 5 talks about this. And listen, if, if you're not familiar with the flesh, I'm not talking about skin. I'm talking about our carnal, selfish instincts that really have been a part of us since the fall, okay? Since Adam and Eve sinned. The Bible calls that our flesh. When we feed our flesh, it has a way of dulling spirit things to the tune of making them even seem dead. Look, we should have a healthy fear of what kind of things we allow into our life because wisdom tells us that those things, flesh things, are not only not spirit, but they're at war with the spirit. That's actually what Galatians 5 talks about. It's in opposition There's so many vices that we turn to. Like I said, I wonder how much I miss out on the peace that Jesus is talking about, the rest, because I go to so many other vices. We have so many vices. Look, and I'm not here to talk about the sinful ones. You guys know. You're in sin. You're doing some sinful stuff. I mean, that's going to naturally pull you away from God in your own way. I'm talking about even just looking at things that are time wasters or things that we just go to just naturally instead of going to God. Stuff that we just kind of feed our flesh with. When I got, I had to get knee replacements, and when I had to get them, I got, I got my blood drawn. This is years ago, and I realized my blood sugar was up over 500. I was like, what? It's crazy. Guys, for me, I had to go like on a quick, immediate sugar diet. Sugar now is the enemy to me. I, I have to stay away from sugar. I can't up here preach at you that all of you need to get rid of sugar too. Some of you guys can have some sugar every once in a while. I can't. It'll kill me. I can't do that. But it's the same thing with vices. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, hey, you should watch less TV or you should be off your phone. All that's, that's between you and God. But today I want you to start to at least appreciate what kinds of things might be drawing you away. 
I believe that real power isn't even in really the miraculous. Miracles are cool. I wish we saw them more. I believe in them. I just don't see them a lot. I can't say I see them a lot. But real power is Galatians 5, spiritual fruit. Somebody living in full operation in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, living in that operation, that's power. That's gonna be real life power, real life change, and this thing gets real. Look, until you realize that there's something in you, and I'm gonna say it harshly, but just to get my point across, until you realize something that's in you hates Jesus, like hates this stuff, hates the church, that wars against him, you won't have a healthy respect of the enmity you sometimes allow in your door and then go so far as to feed it or nurture it, allow it to move in, pretending that it's cute or no big deal, that it's like a little rebellion that you allow for yourself. Take a look at this first picture. <laughs> I kind of think that sometimes that's how we deal with our flesh. We just think he's kind of cute. Eh, you know, I got some, some, sometimes I kind of do this a little bit. It's no big deal. I'm starting to realize I need to see my flesh like this guy. When I feed that guy, he comes in and he takes over. Maybe I'm weaker than you. I don't know. But when I feed my flesh, that's what it turns into. And you can ask Gretchen what I start turning into at home. I drop something on the floor and it angers me. Yesterday I wept for a half hour because something fell out of the refrigerator, dropped on the floor, and I laughed. And as I was putting it back in the refrigerator, I realized that it wasn't very long ago that that would have ticked me off. And I was so broken that why I would get so angry at that? Because my flesh looks like that guy. Until you see your flesh as something more on the lines of that picture, you might walk through this life and you might wonder why you don't really feel it effectually working on a daily basis. Or, I think this is a scarier note, and I won't spend much time here, but you can even get used to pretending. Because after all, the Christianity, in my opinion, is still the best ideal out there. We can get really good at pretending. We can be really good at that. In fact, many pastors, leaders, they do this, and it's why we're seeing Handfuls of them fallen by the wayside because I think they're in concept Christianity. I, uh, like I said, I started asking for revival about a year and a half ago before COVID started. And I believe God has started in me. He's doing something in me. There's really two areas of my life that I really struggle with. Some of you that know me well will know these, but I've always, I, I struggle with, with chronic pain. And then I also struggle with sort of my lot in life right now. I'm working for a company and it's not bad. It's just like a work construction work. And those two things don't go very well. I come home in a lot of pain all the time and I'm just frustrated and, you know, wondering where God's been. It's been normal for me to come home and just watch TV until I go to bed. Not so terrible, just what I did. But I realized God was starting to say, you need to go on a flesh diet. You need to get off of that stuff. And I began to just slowly exchange time that I would give to a vice and give it to spirit stuff. 
and I'm trying not to lose it. Um, and he's doing a work in me. He's so real, you guys. He's so real. Just give him a little bit of room. It's incredible. I'm on a roof three or four weeks ago. And I'm on this roof and I'm caulking in somebody's skylight because it's leaking. And it's beautiful outside. And because I've been moving in this revival direction, in this, it being life in me, life in me, I'm just looking at things and just so appreciative. The fact that I'm at a place I don't want to be doesn't even occur to me. I'm just enjoying it. And I begin to cry a little bit. I've been crying every day for weeks now. And I'm on this roof and I'm caulking it and I'm just crying. Fortunately, I'm by myself. And God, for lack of a better way of explaining it, I was in the spirit. I can't even explain it. It was incredible. It was incredible. And God put his arm around me and he said, Dan, I have you here. See, I've been thinking I kind of messed up somewhere along the line and I'm only working construction and instead of being a pastor or something, I'm there. I'm like, this ain't right, but that's okay. God put his arm around me in a a very real way and was like, I have you here in this place. And I have you here for you guys and for me. And I'll explain. For you guys, he wanted me to be able to say, I will come and meet you on a roof. I will come and meet you wherever you are. Even if it's a place you don't like being. He'll come meet you in your pain. He'll come meet you in your dead end job. He'll come meet you when you're out somewhere and your car just broke down for the fifth time. And I'm there on the roof and and I'm just weeping. And then one of the things that God tends to do when I feel like he's speaking to me, he he sort of does this like, he shows me where in scripture it happened. So he can be like, look, this has happened before, you know this. And he he reminded me of John. John was, was a refugee on the Isle of Patmos where he received the book of Revelation. He wasn't wanting to be there. That's not where John wanted to be. He's older at this point, probably has all kinds of old man pain like I do. And he goes into the spirit and God shows up to John and gives him the book of revelations. It's not where he wanted to be. By this point, he was probably dealing with even just like, I mean, all his friends had been killed at this point. All the disciples beheaded, crucified, drugged behind a chariot, thrown off a temple roof. I mean, John's like the last one. He's gotta be wondering, God, you know, Church is being persecuted, and he shows up to John. And that's for you. God wants to meet you in your place. He wants to come and make a home in you. But here's the one for me. I'll just share this. We're almost done. Guys, I always wanted to be John. John has this way of saying how I'm the one that Jesus loved, right? That's what John would always say. And he would always be like, I always just picture, like, I'm his best friend. You ever, like, have that kind of, where you're like, no, I'm the best friend, right? That's what I feel like John was saying. And I always wanted to be Jesus' best friend. But I always kind of associated more with Peter. Screw up. I, the, to me, that's me. I just gung-ho and fall the next day. Or gung-ho and fall the next hour. I mean, that's, that's me. 
I always wanted to be John and, and on that roof that morning. Again, God is just moving in me. Just said, today, Dad, you're John. You're John. Guys, suddenly my prayer life completely comes alive. My scripture reading comes alive. Worship just comes alive. I can't even listen to worship music without bawling. And then, and then, and I don't only have something to offer, but I have something that everybody wants. That gives you boldness. You're like, everybody would want this. I don't mean the crying all the time. I just mean that this is incredible. It's real. It's real. It's not just a concept. I don't just have good information anymore. I have great impartation. Don't settle for this concept. Look, Jesus didn't just die on the cross to earn us a ticket to heaven. He paid with his blood to be able to move into our very lives, to make a home in us. He literally came by his blood, washed you clean so he could make a home in you. It brings whole new light to Ephesians 4.27 where it says, do not give a place to the devil. Literally, the idea, don't take this home that God made for you, to he, to, for him to move into and give it to the enemy, your worst enemy. Whew. Guys, he died that we could one day live with him in paradise, but he also died to bring paradise to you right now. And it's real. I might have preached this message two years ago and it would have been just nice information. And today I'm telling you it's impartation because it's real. It's so real. As a band, come on, come on back up. I know we're right at the end here. Um, this is what I want to do. We are going to have people to pray up here because I really feel like some people this morning may need some prayer. And here's, here's the main things. You can get prayer for anything you want. You don't have to follow these, but um, but I want, I, want, I want, if this is you, I want you to really think about this. I want to pray for people this morning to move from the concept to the real. You're sitting there right now and you go, this has not been real lately. Or maybe you're sitting there going, it's never been real. And you needed to go from concept to real in your life. And you want to ask the Holy Spirit, come make a home in me. Get prayer this morning to do that. Also, I want to pray for people that just need some rest. They need this rest that Jesus promised. I want to pray for you. A lot of us just need that rest. I want to pray for rest this morning. But I also want to pray for people that maybe need to have some Holy Spirit just moving in them to reveal areas that are like, that, hey, let's deal with this. Let's start, to, let's start to exchange this with something else. It's not necessarily a bad, sinful thing, but it's just not feeding the right thing. You might need some, some images of that and just give those to God. Guys, this is how I'm gonna finish. How much rest or paradise am I missing because I don't trust him? That's the question I started off with. I had to realize that I don't trust him. I've been a Christian for 46 years and I had to realize that I don't trust him. So what do I do? I go, Lord, how am I supposed to just, I don't know what to do. I know I need to repent. We need to bring that word back, repent. 
But I said, Lord, I need to repent, but I don't know how. And God just goes, I can work with that prayer. And he starts to just take me. And I'm telling you, things have changed. Some of you guys just, we need to repent. Need to repent. So as we sing the last song, I'm going to come down. We're going to have other people praying. And uh, if you feel like, man, it is time. I need to go get some prayer for some of this stuff. We'll be down here while the song is going on. And I just want to encourage you um, to do that. Okay?